Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. How is everybody doing? How's everybody doing? That's right. Man, can we give it up for everybody who's new today? Can we give it up for everybody who's new? We're so glad that you're here, whether that's at our Banta campus. What up, Banta? What is up, Garfield Park? Seymour? What is up, Franklin? What is up, everybody watching online? Of course, everybody here at Greenwood. If you don't know who I am, my name is Aaron Beasley. I am the Manual Church Banta Campus Pastor. We also hope that you all had an amazing Thanksgiving. Okay, I put on some more dad pound. Uh, dad bod pounds, and so that's great. I'm going to have to work that off, maybe. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, but we hope that you had an amazing Thanksgiving. I get to bring to you today an espresso shot, and what that is, it is just a one jolt. It's a one-week talk. It's a challenge, and so I'm so thankful to bring this today because, you know, God, uh, you know, always challenges me as I'm speaking to him. God, what, a month ago, I said, God, what do you want me to talk to the people of Emmanuel about? And God was like, I want you to talk about something that you stink at. And that's usually what God, you know, tries to challenge me with. So I'm going to talk to you about something today that I stink at, and I bet probably you do as well. Let me just tell you how I stink at this topic. Um, I'm going to tell you all the times I complained in the last three weeks. No joke. I started keeping track because I was getting ready to talk to you about complaining. That's right. So let me just tell you. Uh, I complained about traffic, I complained about construction, I complained about the way people drove, I complained about roundabouts not being done and taking forever, uh, I complained about shoes in front of my uh, doorway and my garage, I complained about my kids having all their toys out everywhere, and then we pick the toys up and then they just destroy it again. If you have a toddler, you know what I'm talking about. So I complained about that. I complained about my girls waking up in the middle of the night because they were sick. I complained about my girls waking up early because of daylight savings. Thank you, daylight savings time. Uh, I complained about my sports teams. I complained about refereeing. Oh, do I complain about refereeing? Uh, I complained about my fantasy football teams. That's right. I complained about my fantasy football teams and people not scoring enough points so that I can win. That's right. I complained about that. Uh, I complained about some things here at the church and some of the things that I didn't like. I have complained about food and waiting in lines that I didn't think I should wait in lines about. Uh, I could keep going. Would you like me to? <laughs> I could, that's just in three weeks, by the way. I kept track. And I thought, man, I complain. And if you're being honest, oh, by the way, I forgot about this complaint. I've complained about gas prices and bacon prices and all that, too. Maybe you have. I've complained about that. That's yeah, good. And if you're being honest, you probably complain, too, because we are complainers. We are complainers. Some of you today, you complained as you were walking into the church about something. We complain about waking up on the wrong side of the bed. We complain about our kids. We complain about our spouse. We complain about things that don't go the way we think they should go. We complain about all the things I complained about probably in the last three weeks. Traffic, driving, fill in the blank. But why do we complain? I think this is important. Why do we complain? I think there's a few reasons why 
we complain. First of all, an expectation is not met. Like, you know, you expect to go to the restaurant, order your food, and get your food in a timely manner in the way that you order it. And when it is not, we complain. You expect Pastor Danny when you come to church, and instead you get me. <laughs> and so we complain. Some of you complained about me. Like, oh gosh, this guy's speaking today. Uh, where's Pastor Danny at? We complain. An expectation is not met. We had an expectation and it didn't happen. You know, we also complain because it grabs attention. Oh, social media is so good at this. You know, in a world full of noise, we want to make sure people notice us. We have this thing as human beings where we want to be noticed. And so we complain about our boss online. We complain about how things are going online. We complain about other people or we complain to other people so that they notice us. It grabs attention. Complaining grabs attention. You know, we also complain because it removes responsibility. Like, if we can complain about our boss or other employees, or if we can complain about the situation, it can get the responsibility off of us. You know, this happened with me uh, a few weeks ago. I was getting ready to sit down in uh, a chair to watch football after church, and I was wearing my favorite pants and I sat down, and my pants just ripped right at the crotch. No joke, just ripped right at the crotch. Uh, and I was really upset because I, I was blaming the pants and the company that made the pants instead of maybe blaming myself for putting on a little weight that maybe I shouldn't have and maybe wearing the pants too much. Because it's just easier for me to remove responsibility for myself. We complain about other drivers when really maybe it's our driving because it removes responsibility. So it's easy to complain. You know, we also complain because it gives us power. Like, like when you vent, when that happens, it makes us feel good about ourselves. We can manipulate situations. We can manipulate people. And in the moment, complaining does make us feel good for a moment. And so it gives us power. We feel good. We're manipulating a situation to get what we want. Why do you think people post all those complaints about products and stuff online? It's got power. It can change things. By the way, please hear me today when I talk about complaint. I'm not talking about constructive criticism. I'm not talking about where you're trying to get help. Maybe you have an issue with your spouse and you're trying to work those things out and you just maybe do it like once or you're trying to work those things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we whine consistently, constantly. And let me tell you, most of the time... That's what our complaining is. We also complain because it's just easy to focus on what's wrong. I don't have to think to point out what is wrong. It's super easy for me. I can go home and I can point out the five things that I don't like, that didn't go my way. It's just easy to focus on wrong. You know the news knows this? Do you know the news talking mainly national news especially, knows that if they make things negative and complaining in nature, that you're 10 times more likely to click on the link than if it was positive. Why is that? Because our brains are geared to focus on what is wrong. It's just easy. It takes no mental energy to focus on what is wrong. That's why John Milton, I love this quote by John Milton, he says this, the mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven. And many of us, it's very easy to make heaven a hell. 
just easy to complain. Now, this hasn't been like a today problem, by the way. This has been a human problem all the way since the beginning of time. Actually, that's who we're going to focus on today. Today, I get to bring to you a group of people that I love to study about, I love to look at, and that is the Israelites. And the Israelites, if you don't know who that is, if you're new to church, you know, they were God's chosen people. And today, we're going to look through Exodus and Numbers about how they're just like us. They complained a lot. Let me set the story up for you. The Israelites were slaves for 400 years in Egypt. And God went and brought Moses to deliver them. And then Moses brought through God, with God's help, he, he, God did this. He brought 10 plagues. He delivered the Israelites from slavery. Then they were going to the Red Sea. They got to the Red Sea. The Egyptians were like, we can't lose all these slaves. So they started following them. God parted the Red Sea. They walked through the Red Sea. The Egyptians followed them. God put the water back on the Egyptians. And now the Israelites are in the wilderness heading to the promised land which is what God promised their forefather uh, thousands of years ago. They're heading to the land that God promised them. This is how the story is set up. So they're in the desert, they're in the wilderness, heading to the promised land. And this is really important because some of their complaints make sense. They're in the desert. They don't have much. They're walking with their kids with maybe sandals, no sandals. They're animals. They're trying to make it to this promised land that God's taking them. And they're walking in the wilderness. And we're just going to pick up all the times that they complain. Like in Exodus 15. Here we go. They complain about bitter water. That makes sense. You need water to survive. They're in the desert. And the water's bitter. So Moses, with, with God, God says, or God with Moses, he turns the water clean so that they can drink it. Well, then in Exodus 16, uh, they start complaining about being hungry. That makes sense. You need food to survive. So they're complaining about that. Well, guess what? God gives them manna and quail, and he gives them food. Well, then in Exodus 17, they complain about water again. Again, makes sense. They need water. So God gives them water from a rock. But see, even if it makes sense why we complain, still doesn't mean it's right. See, and then now we start to get into complaints that start to get them in real trouble, like in Exodus 32. They start complaining about Moses taking too long because he's on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. You know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt honor thy father and mother. Like he's getting the Ten Commandments from God and they're sitting down like, what's taking Moses so long? This is taking too long. So you know what they do? They build a golden calf and worship it because they're complaining. Then in Numbers 11, they complain about eating the same food. Hello, Thanksgiving leftovers. Some of us were like, I don't want to eat that again. I've had turkey for four straight days. Hey, that's what the Israelites were doing. God was giving them food. They were complaining about eating the same food. Numbers 12, Moses' family starts complaining about Moses' leadership. His own family. Then in number 16, key leaders start complaining about Moses' leadership. Oh, and I like this story. I mean, I don't like it, but it's a good warning about complaining about leadership because... And, all these key leaders, here's what God did. He just opened up the ground and swallowed all of them that were complaining. So I'm so thankful that we live in the age of grace. If you don't know what that means, it means that because Jesus Christ sacrificed himself on the cross for us, we'll get to that later in the service, that, that we can go to God and ask for forgiveness and mercy. Because I'm just telling you right now, this whole section over here, you'd be swallowed in the ground because of our complaining. You know, I hope Banta's still there. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? God just starts opening the ground because we just can't stop complaining. Maybe he's going to open it right here. He would have every right to. 
because I complain. Then in Numbers 12, uh, 20, they complain about water again. And this finally gets Moses angry, like he's had enough. And Moses actually gets in trouble because of it. Then in Numbers 21, they complain about God and Moses again about their leadership. This is the Israelites. We are the Israelites. But what I want to focus on is I skipped a chapter that they complained. And that's Numbers 14. That's where we're going to focus our time and energy today. Because what I want to show us is what does complaining do to us? What did it do to the Israelites? Like, because complaining has an effect on us. It has an effect on the Israelites. So let me set this story up for you. So now the Israelites, they've been traveling in the wilderness. God's been providing for them, even though they've been complaining. And now they're at the edge of the promised land. And so God and Moses sent out 12 spies to go look at the land. And the 12 spies go check out the land. And 10 of the spies come back and they're like, there's no way we can conquer this land. These people here, the Gibbites, Jizzites, and all the Zites, they're huge. They're bigger than us. They're like battle-tested warriors. We can't do this. And so they start to rise up fear in the people. And then two spies come back and they're like, no, God's been with us this whole time. Don't you remember? We can go conquer the land. This is why God is ha- even has us here. But the 10 spies got everybody else all riled up and everybody then starts complaining about Moses and about God. And all of a sudden, complaining starts to affect them. And what does complaining do to us? What does it do to the Israelites? Well, first, here's what I want us to show, is that it keeps us from seeing past blessings. Like complaining keeps us from seeing past blessings. This is what happened to the Israelites in Numbers 14. Let's pick it up right here. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. They were complaining so much that they wanted to go back to Egypt and be slaves. And they forgot all their past blessings that God had already shown them. Like the ten plagues, hello? The parting of the Red Sea, hello? The water and the manna, hello? They, They forgot about all the past blessings. And we're just like this. Like some of us today, we've been complaining about certain people that we didn't want to meet with over Thanksgiving. And by the way, there's people in this auditorium that they would do anything to have certain people back in their life at Thanksgiving. We've forgotten past blessings that we get to meet with people, even people you may not like over Thanksgiving. That's a gift. We forgot about, some of us, we've been complaining about a financial situation and we forget All the days that God has provided for us, the week after week after week where we've eaten, we've been able to pay our mortgage, all these things, we've forgotten past blessings and we're complaining about the situation we're in right now. Some of us, when we complain about our kids or we complain about them waking up in the middle of the night, maybe we've forgotten that God has given us modern medicine that can take care of them way easier than in times past. 
And so we forget about past blessings. Like when you're complaining in traffic, what you're forgetting about is you're in a car. That's a blessing. We can't see our past blessings because we're too focused complaining. That was the Israelites. You know, complaining also keeps us from future blessings. Like the Israelites, they were going to go into the promised land. But because of their complaining, God was like, I've had enough. And here's what he says. You will all drop dead in this wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who's 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give to you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. The only people who were 20 and older who were going to get the future blessing of the promised land were the two spies who said we could do it. And everybody else who was 20 and older, guess what? They were going to die in the wilderness. They were going to be in the wilderness for many more years until they all passed away because they were not going to get the future blessing that God had promised them because they couldn't stop complaining. I wonder how many of us today are not getting a future blessing from God because we can't stop complaining right now. Like, did you know that health studies tell you that people who are optimistic, like they don't complain, live longer, they have less stress, they're more energized? Actually, a study by Dr. Gail Saltz tells us that depression and anxiety and loneliness is up in people who complain. Like some of us today, I'm, let me please say this, like depression, anxiety, you, you need to get medicine if you need help with that and all that. I'm not knocking that, but here's what I'm saying, is maybe some of us are stuck in our depression and our anxiety and our loneliness because we're so focused on complaining about it and complaining about everything else that God can never deliver us from it until we decide that we're going to stop complaining about it. Some of us, we have some generation curses in our family, and we just keep complaining about our mom and dad and the reason why we're like this. And maybe God can never, never bless you and get you to that future blessing because you're always complaining about your mom and dad and how they made you this way. Like, God's got future blessings for us. He's got promised land blessings, but he can't give it to us because we're sitting here complaining. I mean, that makes me think, like, what blessings have I missed out in my life because I couldn't stop complaining? It keeps us from seeing past blessings. It keeps us from future blessings. And it keeps us from present blessings. And this may be the biggest one. Here's what I mean by present blessings. The Israelites then realized they made a mistake. And they were like, okay, okay, we're sorry, we're sorry. We'll go conquer the land now. And God was like, don't do it. I already told you what's going to happen. See, I'm not with you. And this is probably the worst thing that could happen to us. Here we go. We pick it up in the verse. It says this. Do not go up into the land now. You will only be crushed by your enemies. Because the Lord is not with you. You know, today... I'm so thankful for a God that promises this, that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And if you're in Jesus, he will never leave you 
or forsake you. But it doesn't mean he's with you in every endeavor that you're trying to do. And some of us today, we're trying to take on some endeavors. We're trying to do some things. And God is not with us because we haven't repented of our complaining. God isn't moving with us. He's not moving in a direction. Like some of our students today, you're not, you're not moving forward in some endeavors and God's really not with you in that. There's not this peace in this situation because you can't stop complaining about your parents. Like some of us, our church isn't moving like it should, maybe. Because some of us today can't stop complaining about certain things at the church or how we think things should be or what should happen. And so why would God move with us and move in the place that he would when we're stuck in this complaining attitude? This is what happened to the Israelites. And so the present blessings of here and now aren't happening because we're stuck in our complaining. Many of us today don't realize that our complaining has kept us captive in prisons that we are not made to be in. You know, the Israelites, the wilderness was, was a prison for them at times. And you know what happened? Is their complaining kept them captive in it longer. I believe God wants to break us free today. So if this is what complaining does, and it's keeping us from things, how do we stop complaining? I think that's an important question to ask. How do we stop it then? Well, first, we have to self-evaluate. Like I did when I started to write this talk, I started to self-evaluate, and oh my Lord, <laughs> was it embarrassing for me to realize how much I complain. This is why Paul says to the Corinthian church, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you fail the test of genuine faith. So we need to self-examine. And so today, some of you, I gave you a rubber band and you were complaining about getting a rubber band because you didn't know what it was for. Uh, and now I'm going to tell you if you're at one of our physical locations. And that is this book right here, A Complaint-Free World by Will Bowen, has a method of how you can get to a place where you don't complain. Like he talks about how the average person complains 23 times a day out loud. It's not just in your head, out loud. So he talks about in this book, he's got this bracelet method where every time you complain, you switch your bracelet to the other wrist and you just start to notice like, oh my gosh, do I have to keep like switching this back and forth? Like really? And so I gave you a rubber band to where every time you complain, you can just move it to the next wrist. And the goal is for you not to move it from your wrist for a whole day and then to do that for 21 straight days. Because it starts to create a habit in you. It starts to change your mind. I told you it's easy to focus on what is wrong. And so the way that you do that is, now some of you, if, if that, you don't want to move it, you can just snap yourself with it. You know, like, oh, no, I complain again. Oh, well, maybe that helps you more. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever method works better for you. But, but that's the method. It's to help us self-evaluate, self-examine ourselves to realize we are complainers. So self-evaluate. Then you got to find the positives. Can I tell you, I know our world is messed up. I know there are things that need to be fixed. But can I tell you, we live in a beautiful world too. We do. Like, 
my kids, when they're sick, and I don't want to get up, I start complaining. Like, God's like, find the positive, Aaron. Like, man, you get to hug your children. You get to be their dad. Love them today. You know, when traffic is backed up, I can start to go, thank you, God, that you're giving me an hour of extra time for me to talk to you or to listen to music or to listen to a podcast to grow in you today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I'm in a car that keeps me warm and that I have a mode of transportation. When the weather changes and you don't like the weather, like right now it's cold and I get it, it's freezing, but you can say, thank you, God, for the sun. Thank you that you give us the seasons. Thank you, God, that when it gets cold, I know it's almost Christmas time. Do you see how you can find the positives? We can find positive in any situation. When we are sick, we can go, thank you, God, that we have medicine that can take care of us. Even when someone passes away. I had a, my grandpa and a friend pass away in the last few months. A friend two weeks ago. And the positive of that is, that, of that is I can say, thank you, God, for the time that I got with them. And I, can I tell you, if everything else is stripped away and I have nothing else, the positive that I have is that if you're in Jesus Christ, that God has you in his hand today. And that should be enough. That should be enough. This is why Winston Churchill, I love this quote, he says, success is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. You know, you can switch failure to failure and you can say, success is going from a circumstance I don't like to a circumstance I don't like without losing enthusiasm. Success is going from one pain to one pain without losing enthusiasm. Like, we can do this. But we have to self-evaluate and we have to find the positives. And then this last one. Now look, this is going to come across kind of rude, okay? I'm not trying to be rude. Please hear me today. I'm just trying to help us stop complaining. And this last one is this. Stop it. Stop complaining. You know, Paul says this in Philippians. He says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Can I tell you, uh, there are people who can criticize me because I've complained about things on social media in the past that I shouldn't have. I've complained about other things, and so people have a right to criticize me. But when you don't complain or argue, it's really hard to criticize you because you live clean and innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights. Can I tell you what's a bright light? Meeting someone who's positive and isn't complaining about everything. Because we live in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Like, we just have to stop it. Like, some of us today, we're, we complained about the children's ministry or we're complaining about the student ministries or how the church does it or whatever. And here's what I would ask you to do is how about you stop complaining about it and how about you go back there and help? My wife does. My wife serves back there every week. We got two little kids. You know why? Because we noticed they needed help. And people are like, oh, the line's long. Oh, there's not enough helpers in here. Okay, well then help. Stop whining about it. How about this? Instead of whining about what the church building likes or what isn't made the way you think it should, how about you reach five people that don't know who Jesus is? 
Because I can promise you this, God cares about that a lot more. How about this? Instead of complaining all the time about politics, how about you just make your community better? See, all complaining does is point out everything that's wrong. It causes us to be victims. It causes nothing to be solved. That's where the Israelites were. They wanted to change Moses' leadership for years. They were always whining about it. And this man pleaded for them. This man interceded for them. This man with, God's, with God brought plagues to deliver them. And all they could focus on is everything that was wrong. They complained about God. They complained about Moses. And God couldn't do what he wanted to do because they couldn't stop complaining. Oh, Lord, forgive us for being just like the Israelites. We're just like them. I'm so thankful that we have a God, though, that is not like us. We have a God that saw that we were like this and he wanted to offer hope he wanted to offer a solution. And so he sent his son Jesus Christ to this earth to live the way we're supposed to live, to show us the way. And then he sacrificed himself for us on a cross. And then he rose again to conquer sin in the grave so that we could live differently. And what I love about Jesus is as he went through this earth, he never complained. He challenged, but he never complained. Like when his disciples deserted him, when Judas betrayed him, when he had to carry the cross and then they beat him, as he was hanging to the cross and people were mocking him. You know, some of his final words were, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is the God that we serve. But I know that every single person has put their trust in this God. And so across all of our campuses, right here at Greenwood, we want to offer you the opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ today. You can repeat after me, but it's not the words that save you. It's the heart behind the words. It's you putting your faith that Jesus' way is better than our way. That he sacrificed himself for us to take our sins so that we could also live for what is right. Will you join with me today? If you want to make that decision, you can say something like this. God, man, I've messed up. God, I complain. I argue. I'm selfish. And I realize that I can't save myself. That I can't change by myself. But God, that you offered a solution and it was you, Jesus. You came and you lived for me and then you died for me on a cross. And you rose again to conquer sin in the grave so that I could live differently, that I could live for the kingdom. And so in this moment, I 
hand my sins, I hand my pain, I hand everything over to you, I hand you my life. And I put my trust in you today. Not in myself, not in anyone else, not in the other system, but in you, Jesus Christ. Continue to change me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And church, we want to give it up for all those people who made that decision today. We have something for you. It's called a saved box. It looks like this. You need to text. If you made that decision today, text SAVED to 65248. And if you're at one of our physical locations, go to their information desk. They will get you one of these. It's got a Bible in it. It's got a coffee mug in it. You can put coffee in it. You can put soda in it. Whatever caffeine you need, whatever. You can put it in it. It's got your next steps in it. So again, text SAVE to 65248. If you're online, we will mail this to you. Again, if you're at one of our physical locations, go to our information desk. Can we give it up, church, one more time for all those people who made that decision? I just wonder today what it would look like if we lived in a complaint-free world. I wonder what it would look like if we complained less. I believe there'd be more peace. I believe there'd be more hope. I believe we would shine like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And people would say, what is different about them? And we can point to Jesus. I pray that all of us as a church will take this seriously and we will move forward to be people who complain a lot less so that we can see our past blessings, we can get future blessings, and we can be in the present with the blessings that God has us. Thank you again for being here. We love you guys. I'm going to turn it over to our local teams.